Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, beautiful humans. Welcome to the Shawnee Show. I just recorded two episodes back to back, which is absolutely fucking wild. But I was going to do this episode. I was just going to do one episode. I was originally going to record an episode on Kanye. And then I ended up going down this like incredible tangent about like a whole bunch of life stuff that I loved. So I ended up not talking about Kanye. And I was going to release that. (laughs) But the episode started with an intro about Kanye. And then it went into that. And so I thought, well, you know what? Maybe I should also record an episode about Kanye. So what I have done now is recorded two episodes. So this will be the first one that I'm going to post. And then the next one will be the one about Kanye. And this one I spoke about uh, a ton of stuff. Like I ended up going down a whole rant about life and there's been so much happening in my life lately that I, especially emotionally wise with this whole coming off birth control and things like that. And I just kind of wanted to talk about that. I wanted to sort of demystify some of the things that happened in my existence. And I feel like there's this perception of me, uh, at least from what I've at least from what I get in terms of messages and things like that. And also from what I put out there, like I put out typically really just like happy content, you know, when I'm in a good mood, food, whatever, Instagram, I'm not really crying on my stories. I know there's a lot of pages where people are showing their darker sides or their depressive states or things like that. And I don't really do that. I don't have that a big appeal. Uh, It's not really my vibe, but I wanted to demystify some of that. So I speak a lot about that on this episode and I go through, I mean, a ton. Uh, It's, you know, trigger warning. I do really want to say that up front because I, you know, I do talk about sexual assault a bit. I do talk about um, depression. I talk about some mental health things. I talk about, what else do I talk about in here that could upset someone? Uh, A few things. It's not like the most happy episode, but it's also not like the saddest episode either, I would say. It's just life man. It's just life. It's really life. And it gives more, I think it gives more of a well-rounded idea of, um, me as a person and that like, I don't, I don't love, I don't want to be glorified as someone who's like only happy or someone who's only ever good. I don't think that that's healthy at all. And I don't want people to see me as that, especially not people who are my listeners or people who follow me. Um, like my, my community that I'm building, I don't want people to have that perception because it's just not accurate. And I think it's really important. So I speak a lot about that on this episode and I'm really excited about it. So we can just jump right in. But before we do, before we do, I want to do a little ad read because I'm trying to make some money off of this shit, you know? Like, listen guys, I do this for fun, but I also do it for the cash. I'm raking it in with my 1,000 downloads. Raking it in. (laughs) Actually, the Laura episode got to 7 point something K on YouTube, which was fantastic. I don't know what it got to on the downloads. I think it was at like 16... Oh, no, no. Sorry. Maybe it hit 2000. Did it hit 2000 recently? It may have hit 2000, which is really cool. That was like 9K, 9 point something K total if you factor in both both things, video and audio. <clears throat> For my small little podcast that's just starting and like been growing, I'm super proud of that. Really fucking awesome. I love her. She shared so much of my content and really like got me some eyes on my show and just I'll forever be grateful, man. Forever. I will have her back on here a thousand times over. And when I blow up, I can't wait to return the favor. I really can't because she's so awesome. Um, so, yeah, what was I fucking saying? Oh, yeah, let's make an ad read, shall we? Let's talk about Bet Online. Woo! All right, basketball is back. And Bet Online remains your number one, not your number two, not your number three, your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Oh, 
Love it. And as your continued source for all your sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, my favorite, free, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events. Oh, amazing. Whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Yes, people bet on golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive 50% off welcome bonus with your first deposit. What? 50% off? Hell to the yeah? That's like free money to bet with. But make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online. Where the game starts. Oh, man, they should hire me to do all their ad reads. I love reading ads. It makes, me f- it makes it so much fun. It's like reading off of a teleprompter. I'm a big fan of doing that too. If you guys ever saw my teleprompter challenges on Instagram, those are the bomb.com. All right, before we jump into the other stuff, I also do want to remind you guys to review me on Apple iTunes because, listen, okay, the reason why it's important to get reviewed on Apple iTunes because that is how the algorithm functions on the podcast page for Apple, okay? This is how it works. At least is what they tell me. And also, the other reason why it's important to review me on Apple iTunes uh, on Apple Podcasts is because someone gave me a one-star review. So I'm at 4.8 right now. And as somebody who doesn't like that, I would like to rectify that. And I believe that the person who gave me a one-star review does not, in fact, watch my show, but simply stumbled upon me. Or they watch my show and they hate my show and they give me a one-star review, which is totally fine. But if you hate my show, what I recommend doing instead is giving me a five-star review and then a five-star rating and then leave me a really harsh review. You can write words. You can write harsh words if you want. The harsher, the harsher, you know, you can do that. But you can also still do five stars. Five stars, harsh words. That's a good balance. Let's go. Let's go. Talk about that balance, motherfuckers. Balance. All right. I uh, gave some shout outs to a few people in the review section on my Kanye episode. And I would like to also do so on this episode because I think it's important because people are reviewing me and it matters. There are 21 reviews total. That's amazing. 21 people have reviewed my podcast and at least 18 of them were uh, directly requested by me. (laughs) And I think three of those 18 were also literally my accounts from different phones. Uh, or me taking my friend's phones and writing reviews. I mean, you do what you can, you know? It's the hustle at the beginning. All right, let's shout out some... Oh, here, look. Shawnee2018 says, the best, obsessed with this show. I wonder who wrote that. I wonder who wrote that one. Oh, look, Tova Art. I don't know a Tova. I wonder who wrote that. Only podcast I listen to. I hate podcasts, but this one is incredible. Trust me, you want to subscribe. Yeah, I definitely didn't take her phone and write that. <laughs> Okay, this one, this one I didn't write. This one, this one actually was genuine. This is from SM2884. I don't even know who that is, actually. Can't get enough. Love hearing this woman speak. Been a fan since I heard her on Clubhouse, and now I'm hooked. Gimme, gimme more is all I have to say. That's a really cute one. Okay, the real Ben 19. This is actually my dad's phone, and I took this and I created that handle for him. So people wouldn't know it's my dad. But now the, the, the cat's out the bag. But he wrote, wow, top notch. Well, I wrote, wow, top notch. High quality, incredible content. Looking forward to more episodes. Damn, that was so nice, the real Ben, a.k.a. dad, a.k.a. me. <laughs> here's, here's a review from Brooke. Hilarious. Shawnee's interview with Leah Lamar was absolutely hysterical, and I love them both. Wow, thank you, Brooke, whom I requested to leave this review while we were in the Uber driving to one of those NFT conferences. <laughs> so many of these are personally requested by me. It's honestly sad. Oh my 
my god uh oh my god joseph yom tubian joe yom are you serious you left my review this is so cute i didn't even see this one i don't think what okay joe is actually a friend and he probably just saw this from one of my like instagram posts leave me a review but i don't think i actually directly requested him to review so that means a lot to me he goes best podcast host one of the best podcasts around love shawnee could listen to her all day clap clap face or clap clap hands oh i love that i love that i love that i love that oh my god that was great so anyways thank you guys so much for all the reviews they really mean a lot whether or not i directly requested them or not you guys are awesome you guys are wonderful and i really appreciate it and please listen to my next episode which is about kanye because i give a really good shout out to Ling, who i love so much and she's so cool and she left me a really good review and i actually read hers there and i also want to know if you guys want me to read out your review please just drop your instagram handle in your review and i will shout you out you can drop whatever you want me to promote in there you leave me five stars and you will get an awesome shout out for me because that's awesome of you to help me with the algorithms who fucking hate me the algorithms that hate me the algorithms that are mean the algorithms that make me feel like i don't have any growth happening except on youtube where my shorts get a lot of views but then get a lot of really mean comments and it's actually really freaking hilarious people are so mean on youtube okay now for the episode boom the gym the other day and man there is something so annoying about men talking about your bodies like all the time like it's just fucking annoying just it's starting to really drive me bananas and like oh i got some comments the other day that really fucking upset me and i don't even know if they genuinely upset me or well actually no they did they genuinely upset me but i think also the fact that i'm still on my coming off of birth control phase if you will you know, it's only been like a couple months. Uh, my hormones are just crazy. They're, they're like out of whack. So I'm feeling more self-conscious than usual, way more insecure than usual. And the last few months, I haven't been weightlifting as I, as I normally do, which really is like something that boosts my confidence like tenfold. I don't care if I'm doing jujitsu, if I'm doing Muay Thai, or if I'm going, you know, doing the stairs that I do um, or cardio or whatever the fuck it is, other activities. Those are all great, fine and dandy, but they do nothing for my confidence like lifting weights does. And uh, what a hindrance to my ability to love myself when I stop lifting weights. It's really shock. It's a shocking, stark difference. I can't even explain. But the last the last week or so, I've I've really like got back to my rhythm, and I'm really proud of myself for that. And I'm gonna keep going, and we're gonna keep doing it. We're gonna get back into that. Oh my god, unbeatable, unstoppable phase. But you know, something that I I like I want to convey this so much. God, we were supposed to talk about Kanye, but honestly, I don't even want to talk about Kanye anymore. So I don't know if I am going to. I might still use him in the title for clickbait, but let's continue on with this topic because I'm actually more fascinated by it right now. Uh, but, you know, there's something so there's something so powerful about the way that some people use social media. And there, there's something that I really like want to share with people because I feel like I, there's this misconception that my life is perfect, that I'm perfect, that I'm always feeling amazing, that I'm always feeling confident, that I'm always feeling, uh, you know, just like on the ball, on the money, I can socialize whenever I want, da, 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 like all this shit. I feel like people really see me in like this, I don't know, this like really, not, I wouldn't say like positive light, like everybody loves me, if you will. Mm -mm. I think that just people see me as someone who like really has their shit together. And, and to a certain degree, I think I do, but I have like a, a ton of down times and I have a lot of moments where I'm fluctuating in my mood I'm fluctuating in my emotions and it's like oh my god I don't even know how to explain 
the the mood swings that I've had since I've got off birth control, they have been exceptionally crazy. But even before that, like even before that, I suffered with depression for a number of years. I was sent away to therapeutic boarding school when I was a child. I, you know, come from divorced parents. My first ever sexual assault was when I was 10 years old and it happened multiple times. Like there's been so much shit in my life. The the next time it happened when I was 13, then it happened again when I was in, in my 20s. And, and again, more recently, there was a really shitty situation that happened to me that I don't even know if I'm ready to even talk about, but it was like so fucking horrible. And like there, I just, I just don't want people to think that, that having your shit together means always being happy or always being perfect. Cause I don't think that that's a positive message to convey to people. And I don't want people to think that about me. I know that I show myself ugly a lot on Instagram or, I mean, I don't think I, I don't think I'm, I'm ugly per se when I'm not wearing makeup or like my hair is shit or whatever, but I'm just using the word ugly to refer to like unkept, if you will. Like I show myself in my pajamas, I show myself in just like whatever the fuck I'm wearing at home because I want people to understand that you know, I don't always look like 10 out of 10, even though, you know, when I do get ready, I mean, hot damn, if I do say so myself. And that's my way of showing like, look, like, you know, this is just me. This is my normal side. This is like who I am as a human being. But I also want people to know that even though I don't necessarily post like crying videos on Instagram or when I'm really down or things like that, like that stuff still happens to me all the time. You know, I still, I've been calling Tova, <laughs> my, my poor sister. I've been FaceTiming her nonstop in this last like couple weeks, just crying <laughs> nonstop. I swear to God, it's insane. I called her the other day thinking I was going to talk to her about like just happy things. And then all of a sudden I just started bawling. But before I even said anything, I just saw her. And then all of a sudden I just started crying and just crying and crying and crying. It's been happening like crazy. It just happened again right now in the episode. I don't know if you could hear it in my voice, but it's, it happens it happens. I fluctuate moods a lot. There's shit that happens in this world. Everybody goes through it. Everybody goes through stuff. Everybody goes through mood swings and everybody goes through, you know, downs and, and ups and whatever it is. But I also think that that's what allows me to be really happy a lot because I, I accept my emotions. I let them come through. I feel them like really aggressively. And it was so shocking to me when my friend, one of my best friends, Serena, I love her so much. I once called her crying because our other friend wouldn't come with me to a nature party. <laughs> And I was, I was really upset. Like I have a core girl group in Israel that I love so much. They're my fucking humans. They're just, we call ourselves G unit. I think I've spoken about them before. I love them so much. I just adore them to bits and utter pieces. They're the best group of women I've ever encountered in my existence. And they're like my forever support group. And we don't, we're not like the type where we shit talk each other. I have friends here in LA, like these random girl groups here in LA that, you know, all they do is shit on each other. It's just fucking weird. It's a weird ass dynamic. And then they hang out with each other. I don't even understand it. Like the influencers here. Oh my God, guys, if there's ever anything I could articulate to you about influencers in LA or celebs in LA or these people with like whatever the fuck followings, like a lot of them are unhappy and a lot of them are really mean to each other. Like these friends who post these little group photos and stuff, like they're not even nice to each other. It's fucking weird. Don't, oh God, sorry. I just burped a little. It's fucking weird. It's fucking weird. Don't idolize those friendships because I'm telling you, they're just so weird. Their their dynamics are just strange. But anyways, that girl, that group, my G unit group, like I would never call one of them to shit on the other one. But I was really upset one day because my best friend Annie didn't want to go with me to the nature party that I really wanted to go to for my birthday. I can't remember if it was even my birthday. Or I just really wanted to go to this nature party. I like I just had to be there. 
you know, I was in Israel. I love going to nature parties and she didn't want to come. And she's my favorite partner for nature parties for the best time. We did eight and a half months in South and Central America together, or actually she was with me for five of those months. And then we also went back for another month and a half and another month and a half to, to Mexico and then to Colombia. Like we, we love to have fun together. So much fun with her. And I was so sad that she didn't want to come with me to this party. So I called Serena and I started crying. I was like really upset about this. I was like, I can't believe she doesn't want to come. Like, it just feels so weird. Something must be up. I just don't understand. And meanwhile, in my head, I kind of had a feeling that maybe she was pregnant because she had just gotten married. And I'm like, what? There's no logical reason that she wouldn't want to do this. This makes no sense. This is so weird. Like, this is just so weird. I just flew however many thousands of miles away to come to Israel and she doesn't want to come with, like, it just made no sense. Turns out she was pregnant and she did in fact tell me about that because I was so sad. <laughs> and she, she told, I was like one of the first people to know because I was so sad. She had to like, give me a reason as to why she wasn't coming. Um, she called me and I was like, I was like, the only thing that you can say that will make me feel okay is if you're pregnant. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Okay. All right. You take care of that baby then. You definitely don't want to come to this nature party. But the moral of the whole story and why I was saying all of this was that I'll never forget Serena's reaction. Cause it was really surprising to me. She's like, Sean, you know, I like, it's very rare that I ever see you upset like this or cry. Like, this is just so crazy to me. And, you know, I know it must be really serious and you must be feeling like really serious about this if you're actually like expressing your emotions this way. And I was like, what? That's crazy. I fucking cry all the time. Had no idea that sometimes I think that we think that people see us 100% for who we are, even when like who we are is a lot of times in the privacy of our own homes. And so, you know, my assumption that people maybe understand me full fledged is really not necessarily accurate because they're not really seeing all of that. And that was like a big eye opener for me. And I was like, damn, so people really see me as like a more happy-go-lucky type of person, which I love. I love that. I love, if anything, Serena, ironically, is one of the people who's like really showed me the light when it comes to like being just a fucking positive, happy human being when I'm around other people. Because there is nobody in this world that I can genuinely say that makes me feel like, oh man, I don't even know how to explain how she makes me feel. It's like incredible. When you are around her, you leave so happy. You leave so happy. She has this ability, this sort of like infectious happiness and humor and way about her. It's just wonderful. And I always remember thinking to myself, I was like, I want to like leave people with that kind of a feeling. I want people to feel good after they've hung out with me. And so I don't know, last five years or so, maybe six years, I don't even know. Time is Time is wild. Who can even tell anymore? But I've really tried to, I guess, like be more understanding, be more chill about things. I used to take things a lot more personal than I do now. Now I don't really give a shit. Like, I don't know. You don't invite me to something. It's not the end of the world. You probably forgot. And if you didn't forget and you intentionally didn't invite me, that's fine. Like you're allowed. You're allowed to not have me somewhere. You know, I don't really like care. It's like to me, I don't, I don't care. You can pull whatever kind of a move or a stun on me. Like, you know, it's all right. Things will be okay. I'm not going to go upset, you know, unless it's like something really severe, obviously. But I really try and like embrace that kind of attitude, not get upset with stupid things, um, just like feel really good around other people. And so, you know, I don't necessarily go and hang out with people when I'm feeling like shit. This episode has gone on so many tangents, but I hope you guys are enjoying it because I actually am. I am enjoying discussing it, if you will. But yeah, I don't. So I think that's maybe why the perception of me is like that out there, at least to the people who I've asked what the perception of me is like to them. And it makes sense because if I'm feeling really sad or I'm feeling really down, like I'm not going to go and actively hang out with people. Or if I am feeling really sad and I am feeling really down when I go and hang out with people, 
Like it's my chance to be really happy, to kind of forget about what the fuck is going on, to forget about the mood swings, the hormones that are driving me absolutely up the wall, making me want to cry every five seconds uh, and, and just like enjoy my time around them and like really soak in all the positivity that can come from those interpersonal moments that you have with people in person. I love hanging out with people but I also really need to recharge on my own. Like having my alone time is so important because it allows me the ability to go and be able to hang out with people in the way that I want to show up when I'm hanging out with people. And if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And yeah, it's like if I'm feeling really shitty about something, for example, I don't know, something's really making me angry, whatever it is. And I go hang out with people and let's say I was like, okay, for example, let me give you an example. I need to like examplize this. So let's say I'm really angry. I get in a fight with my family, for example, because my family is truly like the one subcategory of things, the one category of things. I don't know why I said subcategory. Well, there are a subcategory of humans, I guess. My family is the one subcategory of humans that can genuinely make me so angry. There is something infuriating about fights with family that I just don't, I don't have the same sort of like fury when I fight with friends. I just, I don't know, maybe because friends you pick, who knows, who knows what the reason is, but unless I get in a huge fight with my family and I'm really angry, you know, if I'm at home, I'm mopey, I'm, I'm upset, I'm not allowing myself to have fun. But when I can go and be with my friends, I can kind of let go of that. Or like if I go to the gym and I'm like with my friends there, I can let go of that. I can just like have a really good time. And I love embracing those moments when I can have a really good time. So it's not, you know, to me, it's like I think some people would be like, oh, well, if you're not feeling sad, if you're not feeling happy, you shouldn't pretend like you are. That's not really the, that's not really the case. It's not what's happening here. What's happening is that genuinely hanging out with people in those moments it brings me like immense happiness. And I just allow that happiness to 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 fester, to happen, to manifest, to exist. And I allow myself to have like a ton of fun. So if I leave a space where I'm like super moody, I'm super grumpy, I just got in a fight with someone, whatever it is. And then I go somewhere and everyone's enjoying themselves and we're having a good time and whatever it is, like I will allow myself to have that good time. I will allow myself to be in those moments because I think that also helps you get out of your head. And the same thing applies when I'm feeling really depressed. And obviously there's levels of depression too, right? But if I'm really sad and I'm in bed for ages, and I'm just like, oh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna do anything? How am I gonna get up? How am I gonna get into bed? How am I, how am I gonna get out of bed? How am I gonna like go hang out with people? I always just tell myself, okay, like you go shower, and then you're gonna go hang out with people because I know, I know how I feel after hanging out with people. It feels so freaking great. It's well, certain people, some people suck. <laughs> so not all people are created equal in terms of how good they make me feel, but 
you know, it's like, it's like those modes. So I allow myself to go do that. I take a shower, I go out, I go hang out with friends and I'm like, damn, this was so much fun. I'm so happy I did this. I'm so happy I did this. I'm so happy I soaked in the energy and I didn't like sit and mope. I don't think I could ever do that. Like I can't really sit and mope around friends. I find it so hard to do. They bring me joy. They really do. They bring me like a men's joy. Doing activities brings me joy. I love that stuff. But but I will also say that that time that I take to recuperate at home, that's so important to me. I would drive myself absolutely up the walls if I had to be with people 24-7. It's like, you know those friends who are always trying to do something? <laughs> like the friends who you see for lunch and then they're trying to make plans for dinner like two hours later. And you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck? <laughs> I have to go home. I have to. First of all, it's going to take me 10 minutes to drive home. Then by the time I get home, then I have to like, you know, sit and think for a hot 10, 15 seconds. Then maybe I got to roll a J. That's another, uh, sorry, not 10, 10, 15 minutes. Then I got to roll a J. That's another like five minutes. Then maybe I'm going to smoke it. Then I come back, maybe have a snack. Maybe I'm sitting in bed. Maybe I watch an episode of a show. Maybe I watch two episodes of a show. That's an hour long. That's, or two hours. Who knows what, what kind of length of show you're watching? Maybe watch a fight night, whatever it is. Uh, two hours, two hours later, woman, are you kidding me? I'm home for the night after this lunch. <laughs> I'm done. I'm gone. I'm dead and gone i'm out of here so there's like those people who like are always down to do something like non-stop it's like people who live life at home as if they're on vacation like they're always out of the house they're always i don't i don't even understand like if i exit the premises of my house twice in a day that is and that is my max cap yo that is like like there's it was actually on my birthday I was legitimately stressed because I had so many things to do like I went to the gym and then I went to go meet one of my friends for food and then I like committed to a comedy show which was decent it was all right but man after hanging out with so many comedians from my clubhouse days like stand-up has lost so much of its its joy <laughs> so much of the perks that I used to love about going to watch stand up. It's just not the same. So that was also like a thing. And then, you know, I was basically out of the house the entire day. And it was like, what the fuck did I just even do? Like I barely even had a rest moment. I love having a rest moment. Something so precious about a rest moment. <sighs> so anyways, I think what I just really wanted to express throughout this entire point, even though this episode was entirely supposed to be about Kanye West, <laughs> absolutely did not end up being about Kanye West. But I really like don't even want to talk about him at this point. Although maybe I will. Might be a two hour solo long episode, you guys. So buckle up. But the whole point of all of that was that I just really, really want people to know that, yes, I am a very happy person. That's fact for sure. And I have I love my life. I don't necessarily have like the world's greatest life. I still live at home with my dad and I'm very frustrated about that. I'd love to move out. But I also like don't want to move out and struggle. I want to move out and be good and I want to move out to somewhere nice. And I mean, yeah, that's you know, obviously a double-edged sword, but I, I would like to move out at some point. That'd be great. I'm 30 years old. Living here is, you know, I mean, it's it's got its perks because it's such a fucking big house, but it's also like, hot damn, I need my space. I need my, my freedom. I need my adultness, especially when you, when me personally, I've lived, I've lived alone for so many years. I moved back home a few years ago for the first time in ages. I got sent away when I was 12 for the first time and then 13. And then I was at my aunt's house for three years of the high school experience. Then I moved to Israel straight away for university. And I was there for like six years. And in between that, I was in South and Central America for eight and a half months. And, and then even when I moved back to LA, I was like traveling a lot. I did Mexico for a month and a half and Colombia for another month and a half. And like, I was just not, and I would come back to Israel for a month and a half here and there. And so it was like, I wasn't really 
uh, you know, here for most of my life. I just wasn't living at home with my parents. And so to be back here the last few years has definitely been a, a change of pace. And I, I would like to have my space again. I would like to, I love running my own household. I'm really good at that. I love having my own apartment. I love hosting events with my friends. I love being able to smoke weed inside. <laughs> love, I love being able to smoke weed inside. If I lived with my mom, I could do that, but <laughs> my dad is not as cool. So although he has been smoking these cigars that stink up the whole fucking house even though he's on his balcony but they don't know how to like close their doors properly it's a situation you guys so yeah i just want people to know that like you know as as much as everything seems so great i'm so funny and i take everything so great and i'm so wonderful and so hot and so pretty <laughs> and i'm so amazing <laughs> i also struggle a shit ton and i also have like a lot of emotional baggage and i've also been through so much trauma in my life and if anything actually all of the pain that i've gone through in my life is what makes me the person that i am today what makes it's what makes me the person who likes to look at the bright side of everything and you know now that i'm 30 i'm an older person these days i i feel like i feel like the way that i'm able to handle things is just knowing that everything gets through on the other side so like when i go through a really depressive state you know, back in high school, I remember I was depressed for months. I got kicked out of uh, student body president because I wasn't, because um, I had more absences than attendances in senior year, which first of all, they can go fuck themselves because the vice president's parents were on the school board. And I don't know if they like finagled it so that way he would give the graduation speech, but they kicked me out of student body president like very late in the year. And that was just weird. Mind you, I did have way more absences than attendances that year. I don't know how I still graduated. Praise be blessed be the motherfucking fruits but uh, i did and that was that was weird but that all stemmed from my absences stemmed from like a serious case of depression and that also happened again at university days and i had like really intense moments in my life where i just like could not function i was so sad i thought everybody hated me even though nobody hated me everybody was just going through their own shit and you internalize things even though it's so weird because you think that people think about you a lot, but they don't really think about you. Like no one gives a shit. And if they hate you, who cares? It's one person, move on, you know? But you sit there, especially when you're younger, you sort of like sit there and think like, oh my God. And you get into these crazy depressive states. And I did that and I did that for a long time. And I think that as I've gotten older, those those moments have gotten much shorter and shorter and shorter and way easier to handle because I've done things to sort of make them easier. Like something that I always say is I never take my foot out the door. I love, I love that. I never take my foot out the door. I never like close the door completely to my day-to-day -day routine. So for example, um, you know, with work or with meetings or with whatever, if I'm like really not feeling up to it, like I still kind of answer emails here and there, even if it's from bed, you know, with Shawnee show, I wish I sort of held the door open a little bit longer, but I kind of did. I, I, I kind of did, but there were times when like in the last few months, you know, when I took about those long breaks, it was really hard for me. Like I was going through a lot and I wish that I held the door open a little bit more for the show. And I kind of did, you know, I was posting a lot of Laura clips and I was posting other things and sort of keeping people engaged on my regular Shawnee Suiza Instagram and stuff like that. And I, I just like always want to keep at least a little bit of the door open so that way it's easier to jump back in because I think when you push things off for so long and you leave things for so long, it becomes harder and harder and harder and harder. And people always shit on me for like not being consistent with jujitsu or with Muay Thai or whatever it is. And you know what? I'm not, I'm not always going to be consistent. I'm not always, see, look, I'm about to cry now. Why? Why? Who knows? Who knows? But the way that birth control has fucked up my existence emotionally, 
man, like, I don't know how people were on it for like decades. I was only on it for a year and a half. Could you imagine me getting off of it if I was on it for much longer? I was also on it when I was a kid, but I don't think that really counts because that was so long ago. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I, people shit on me cause I'm not consistent, I'm not this, but like I come in and you know, even if I only went to jujitsu like three times in a month, like I still went. So I still feel like I can go back in and it's easier to go back. I think if you take off like six months or seven months or eight months or nine months, next thing you know, you've taken off a year. It's so much harder to get back in. Like even when I wasn't, even when I wasn't training, I had surgery back in December and, um, and I couldn't work out. I couldn't work out for months after it was like, I was recovering. So I couldn't like do anything. And, you know, I looked back at my history on my, the app that I use to track my workouts. I love it. It's called strong. And I was looking back at my history the other day, I looked at the calendar and, you know, as much as I wasn't working out or I was sort of like slacking off or whatever, if I look at the calendar, like I still had, let's see, I had one workout at the end of January, three in February. There was like seven workouts in March. There was about 10 in April, two, four, six, eight. There was one in May. I don't know where I was in May, but I didn't, I didn't do anything. Uh, these are only lifting. So I may have done other, other sorts of training things, but this I'm specifically talking about like actual, like heavy lifting. Um, June looks like there was like about eight or nine here in June. July was completely empty because I was in Portugal. August, I had a few. Um, September was awesome actually. Oh damn, look at that. Look at you go, September. And October, October, I've been picking up a bit here and there. Uh, there was like a couple times when I, I really like needed to get my shit together. The week of my birthday, I only worked out on my birthday, which was kind of sad. I wish I worked out all of the days, but I didn't. I only did it once. But looking back at this calendar, I'm looking at like how sporadic it is, but I'm still seeing, you know, over time, like that still helps. Over time, that still helps that I had five workouts in this month or eight workouts in that month or nine workouts in another month. Like that still adds up. It still factors in. It still makes it way less scary for me to go back in to show up again. And... Yeah, I think that's really important. It's one of my best tricks ever for like dealing with anything is always to keep a little bit of the door open. I know it's so hard to do because sometimes you just want to shut everything off. Sometimes you want to turn it all off. You want to just be like completely no. You just don't even want to with life. But you got to leave a little bit of the door open because it's going to make it so much easier when you're finally feeling better to get back into it. So whenever people give me shit, I'm not consistent enough. I don't come in, I don't train hard enough. I'm never going to get better on the mats if I'm not there all the time. It's like, all right, well, I'm still here sometimes. <laughs> and that's fucking better than no times. Like that's better than no times. There's people who never train. There's people who never work out. That used to be me. I used to never work out. I used to never work out a day in my existence ever. Pre 2019, Shawnee never worked out. I was 190 pounds in 2019. And by, from that point to December, as of last year, I went to 145. That's pretty fucking impressive. And I am, in fact, back up to 165 now because since surgery, I have absolutely slacked, but I still kept the door open. I've kept the door open on everything. And I think that's really, really important. And I'm proud of myself for that. And I think that's probably why it also makes it seem like uh, I'm happier about things or whatever, this, this, that, and the other. But I don't know, you know, I wish I could, I wish I could portray, I mean, I guess this is what this episode is, but I wish I could portray like that level of like, you know, just shit that I go through or like emotions that I go through or sadness or whatever on Instagram too. But there's something I, I don't find comfort in filming myself when I'm, I'm crying. I did it yesterday because I thought maybe like eventually I'll clip together one of those videos where it's like, oh my God, I was so sad. And now I am happy. <laughs> but the truth is like, I will probably always have emotions throughout my entire life. I'll probably always have moments where I'm crying. And, you know, there might be times when I'm like doing much better in life 
but I can't imagine that there will ever be times in my life where like I'm not you know feeling any sort of downs like I think that that would be weird because then would I ever even feel those highs I love feeling those highs I love that euphoria I think that stems so much from the fact that I feel my emotions so aggressively and I think it's really important to do that Back in my boarding school days, if you guys don't know, I was sent away to uh, Wilderness and Boarding School. Those were not the first programs I got sent away to, but that's when I was 13. Um, it was the longest duration, though. Before that, I had been to uh, other therapeutic boarding schools for shorter periods, as well as like residential treatment programs. Um, when I was 11, I was in the psychiatric hospital uh, because I took like 14 Advils and told my dad that I tried to kill myself with Advil, even though I think I only ended up taking like 10. And they gave me charcoal at the hospital and they were like, oh, suicide watch. But really, I just wanted attention because I was going through so much. And I mean, uh, 11 is exactly a year after the those assaults that first happened to me. So it's like, you know, clearly a cry for just help. But obviously, I just didn't want to die. Um, so it was like a fake attempt, if you will. It was like, a, please help me. I really, really need help. I really, really need some attention right now. I'm going through some shit. Some shit happened to me. Focus on me. Look at me pay attention, be my parents. And yeah, so I went through so many of these programs and, you know, I think, I think being sprung into therapy and therapeutic spaces when you're such a young age can be both a benefit and a detriment. And for me, it was definitely a benefit. Uh, for many of my other friends, it was a detriment for some of my other friends who went to some of these boarding schools. I mean, a lot of them are just dead now. Like they got, they fucked up. A lot of them are drug addicts. They're I mean, dealing with like so much and, um, but I was lucky. I was lucky because it, it benefited me. And one thing that we learned at boarding school or that I emphasized specifically within my treatment or was emphasized for me was the fact that like I, I numb myself. That's my main coping mechanism throughout my life has been to numb myself and to just kind of like carry on, if you will, and to just do what I have to do and not really look inward to feel my emotions. And so throughout my life, I've always been overly aware of that since then to really try and like express myself I'll never forget sitting in this one group therapy session that we were at in boarding school and the girls in my boarding school used to throw tantrums all the time it was really common we even had like timeout seats and it was oh my god the sort of punishments that we had were really fucking traumatic and one day maybe I'll get into more of those but the the I'll never forget sitting in this one group therapy session and the fucking bitch of a human being who used to run this place Marcy Pageant I'm gonna put her name all out there because she is a horrible human and she actually got one of her boarding schools shut down before she went and started taking over the school that I went to which is New Leaf Academy which is still in fact open and should be shut down because it's an atrocity of a place and many people were abused there and they should absolutely be fucking shut down for the trauma that they fucking I just can't even I can't believe that they're still open it drives me absolutely up the walls but they are they are I hope Marcy's not involved there because she is the world's worst human and one day we were in a group therapy session and she goes, she was talking to the other girls and she's like, yeah, you know, I'd love for you guys to cool down on tantrums and da, 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 da. And then she goes and makes a comment. She's like, except for Shawnee. And I was like, what? I was like, I was like what are you, like, what? <laughs> I didn't understand. It really, I was confused because they had so many rules at this place and I was really good at following these rules. I was the goodiest two shoe there ever was because I just didn't want like anything to be harder than it had to be. I just wanted to get through everything. I wanted to just do my time and get out of there. And I felt like if I was behaved as best as I possibly humanly could and followed every single rule to the T that I would get let out earlier. Mind you, while I was in fact a very big goody two shoes, 
I never let it get to my head. I never thought that some of the things they said were right. I always had a very strong, independent mind to know that they did shit that was wrong. And that when I got out of there, I would be free from that sort of insanity. Even though I went along with a lot of their antics. It's funny because I was just watching The Handmaid's Tale. And um, oh, I don't want to actually spoil it for anyone. So I'm not going to say this reference. In fact, I will stop because it's such a good show and it just happened in like the most recent episode and I know people are watching it, so I don't want to even talk about it. But, you know, is is interesting if you look at like the way that June behaves, let's say in season one, so it doesn't spoil too much for anyone. But in season one, like if you look at it, like she's very obedient or some of them are very obedient, but they're constantly devising plans. They're constantly understanding that this is like an insane environment, that they're not they're not allowing their brain to also be the rules, if that makes sense. And that's what happened at boarding school for me is that while I did follow them outwardly, I also knew internally these people are psychopaths and that I need to get the fuck out of there. And I always thought that the best chance to get out there faster would be to follow all their rules to, the, to an utter T, you know? And it ended up being not the case. It ended up being not the case because what ended up happening is that they were like, oh, you're numbing your feelings. You're being too good. (laughs) You're following the rules too much. I'm like, this is a place for us to go to start behaving better. And now all of a sudden you guys are like, what? What do you want from me? So I was really confused. And she made that comment, you know, everybody can stop throwing tantrums except for Shawnee. Shawnee, we would love to see you throw tantrums. We'd love to see you you have your emotions. And I'll never forget, I sort of faked it, (laughs) like threw my book down or something. And I was so not in the mood to throw a tantrum. I just, like, it just was not a natural thing for me to do. I didn't really know how to express my emotions like that. I didn't even really know how to feel things. I was so fucking numb at that age that I was like, I don't know. It was like very, very difficult for me. And especially in environments like that, you know, it was my coping mechanism. When you're a kid, first of all, you're assaulted at 10. All right. Let's not forget that. And that happened multiple times. And it was by a family friend who was 14 or 13 at the time. So it wasn't even like an older person that I quote unquote should trust. It was someone my age. Um, and, or I guess a few years older than me, like, um, and I'll never forget like the, just the, I like the coping of that was to completely forget about it. It was to, comp- to to numb it down, to never think about it. And I actually forgot about the entire thing until I was 15. And I even forgot I was assaulted also at fucking this other boarding school I went to when I was like a kid. I was like 12 or 11. And I also forgot about that. And that I even forgot about for longer. I forgot about that until I was like, I don't know. I think I might have been 18 when I remembered that one. And I, I was... 15 when I remembered what happened to me when I was 10 I'll never forget it because it was so crazy because I didn't even know that I was remembering it but yet I was it's the trippiest thing which is also why the statute of limitations on rape cases is like the most fucked up thing ever because people forget about stuff like you your brain does this thing when you have trauma I forget what the like actual science words are but it can completely repress these memories and and shove them away in your brain until they get triggered and then they, then they all come out. And so I'll never forget, I was 15 and we were in um, our final, we were in the final clan of boarding school, star clan. This was like before you graduate, before you're going to leave. And as star clanners, we, we all went, all the star clanners went and we had a group and the counselors gave us like the sex talk essentially before we were going to leave. Because a lot of us were at the time, I don't know, 14, 15, we're about to leave, we're going to be joining high school. Um, we should, you know, know about this, especially after you've just been at a boarding school for two years where you're not even allowed to touch people. Like you couldn't hug in certain ways. You couldn't cuddle with your friends, which is also why I'm like, affection is very weird for me, if you will, these days. Uh, I'm not really like the most, like certain people I like to cuddle and hug, but some people I can't really explain. It just makes me really uncomfortable. 
And um, so they gave us that sex talk and, and I broke down in the group session and just started crying. I didn't even know what I, why I was crying. I had no idea. It didn't really hit me yet still. And I was just like bawling my eyes out. And then after the group, my counselor brought me into the office and she started talking to me and she's like, Sean, you know what, what's going on here? Why did you cry? Did something happen to you? Did something happen to you like this? And oh my God, when I tell you how crazy, I'll never forget this. Visually, I can remember exactly what I looked like during that time. It was so nuts. I was on this office chair in the, in the counselor's office and I just dropped to the ground and I started crying. I like, I like dropped off the couch. I mean, dropped off the, the office chair. I like slid down onto the floor and I just started bawling my eyes out. And my, my counselor, Tiffany, was there who, I mean, I have hit or miss feelings about her per se, but my other counselor, Cin uh, Cindy, was there who I love to this day. I, I always love her. She was one of my favorite people there. She really, like, had a good heart. And and we were just crying, and I was, I was like, oh, my God, like, yeah, like, this happened to me. This happened to me, like, a few times, like, many times. <laughs> I don't even know how many times it happened when I think back. It was probably, like, 15. Um it's hard. It's hard because even though you remember, like now I know because the memories came back and I've worked on them so much that they're not really the same sort of traumas that they used to be. And I mean, that's normal, right? Like you work through things, you talk about them and then they become something that you can actually just discuss. Uh, and you know, I can, I can definitely look back and I can say that that's where a lot of the numbing first started. That was, that was, that was how I dealt with it. That's how I dealt with everything. My parents got divorced a couple of years later. I got sent away to all these places. Like I, I just I numbed everything. Like that was my way of coping. I was, you know, I, I mean, can you imagine being so young, being sent to so many places, not living at, at your house? Like I was the only sibling too that got sent away. You know, I come from a family of five siblings. It's like five siblings, two parents, we're seven. And I'm the only one who's like constantly being sent away different programs and different places with a bunch of people who I have no fucking idea about, you know, Christian spaces. Like I'm a, I'm a super Jew. I'm a moroccan jew and i got sent to places where they were making like peanut butter and fucking banana sandwiches for lunch like i didn't ew are you kidding me that was not the vibe first of all i hated peanut butter back then although i love it now don't get me wrong but like that it was just so weird culture shocks on so many different fronts from so many different areas and my my biggest coping mechanism was numb 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 just numb it shawnee absolutely numb it and you know another thing that i used to do all the time was lie 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 i would lie all the time like a pathological psychopathic lodger lie lodger <laughs> not a lodger a psychopathic lodger would be like a serial killer because i feel like that's where they would live they'd be a psychopathic lodger no i was just i was a i was a liar i was a big liar these were my two big like coping mechanisms i it's funny because i was always such a funny kid so humor for sure in a way was a coping mechanism but i was funny before <laughs> I think I was, I was always funny. I used humor just to exist. I love it. And and it's just, uh, man, it's just so interesting. But but because of all that and because I was made so vividly aware of these issues in my existence, that I was numbing things, that I was um, lying about things, these were, you know, the big, like, turning points of my therapy and every program I went to back then, I, 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 I almost, like, went hardcore the opposite direction. So I would feel my feelings so intensely and I would tell the truth way too much and way too severely to the point where I was in fact mean to some people and in many cases and it's, you know, I, I balanced out. It's an overcorrection. 
the same sort of shit that happens in the political landscape of our country where we have overcorrections. So, for example, you know, I don't know. My God, there's so many overcorrections. I think parts of the Me Too movement were overcorrections, right? Like we go so far over to the other side that we then have to balance back out. I think now we've balanced out though these days, I, in my opinion. I could be wrong. Who knows? Um, but there's always like these crazy overcorrections on either side. It's, like, it's, so, it's so funny when that happens because they both do it, the right and the left. They love to like overcorrect aggressively. And then the hope is that obviously it eventually balances out. But the same sort of principle applies to like my life with these issues of mine. So like I overcorrected so aggressively and now I believe that I've really balanced out. I've, uh, you know, the last few years there's been so much happening in my life that have, uh, opened my eyes to a different type of kindness that I really need to exhibit. You never really know what someone's going through. And so I hate to be mean to people. I hate to make anyone feel bad. I hate to, you know, there's a difference between like roasting someone, like shitting on them in a way that you know that they absolutely love and, uh, and being just straight mean to people and I've become so much more aware of that. And that's something that I used to not have because I used to prioritize honesty over everything. And I've built a balance. I've definitely built a balance with that. But it's been a it's been a journey. It's been an absolute journey. And I think overcorrecting can at times be really important for someone because it's how you sort of practice that skill that you're really trying to fix. And then figuring out that you need to balance out a little bit is also really important and not living in the extremes. We have so many problems of people living in the extremes right now that I think we're, we're seeing that. We're seeing the severities on either end and we need, we need more moderacy. <laughs> we just need more moderate motherfuckers in this world who are, yeah, more moderate about things. I think it's important. You can be passionate, you can be obsessed, but to be, uh, to be extreme, can be detrimental and I think my extreme honesty and my extreme emotional feeling if you will were both detriments to my adult life although they were absolute benefits to my teenage life and to my university life I really needed those moments I needed that I needed that so I could be able to grow into who I am today with now so yeah this entire 50 fucking minute episode of me just blabbering on which I really hope people enjoy I hope people get value out of this if you relate to anything please dm me so shoot me a message let me know um yeah, shoot me, shoot me a DM at Shawnee Show on all the social media platforms except for uh, TikTok and at Shawnee Suiza on all the social media platforms. And you can also email me too. If you're not a social media type of gal or type of guy or type of they, then you can, you can, uh, you can email me. All humans welcome to email me, podcast at shawneeshow.com. I'm happy to hear them. Happy to take any questions as well. But I really wanted to do this episode. I think what spurred this entire conversation even though I was initially sitting down to talk about Kanye, was the fact that today I got messages from my cousin, whom I love so much, Mish Mish. I love her so much. She's so wonderful. And she sent me, let me read it. Hold on. She sent me, she sent me, she sent me a few things, but she, like a few days ago, she sent me, I'm um, so proud of you, like a whole voice note about how she's so proud of me. She says she thinks my life is amazing and it just seems like I'm killing it and da da da. And then she replied to one of my stories today Shawnee, you are perfect. You're such an inspiration of integrity and freedom. And uh, like, it just, obviously that makes me feel so great. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, I absolutely love hearing that kind of stuff. It's, it's awesome when I get these random DMs of like, you're killing it, keep going. And like, I don't know what they're talking about. Cause I just took a fucking two months hiatus on my podcast and I upload an episode on all of the wrong days of the week, apart from the one day that I told people I'd upload it on. And I, I feel like 
there's this like I don't know people are always like you're killing it you're doing so well and it's like thanks so much but for the standards that I hold myself to I feel like I'm not always doing so well and I just want people to know that as well as everyone thinks I'm doing and as much as I'm killing it according to the eyes of others like I'm also like a human being and I'm also definitely struggling and I'm going through so much shit and I just have like I don't know I just have a way of handling it I guess but it's not always perfect I spent should we look at my call logs for a hot second let's see how long I've spent on the phone with Toba crying this week because our all of our conversations this week have been literally just me sitting there crying non-fucking-stop okay let's see Tova Suisa, my favorite human being in the planet. She's in fact my best friend. Ooh, one minute long conversation. No, that's impossible. That's not us. Hold on. Okay, here are two conversations. One was one hour, 28 minutes. Holy shit. Oh my God, we had a 1.58 gigabyte conversation. That's incredible. One was an hour and 28 minutes. And then literally right after, <laughs> oh, 45 seconds. Okay, never mind. Um, then, yeah, an hour and 28, that was there. I was just crying the entire time. That's pretty much what I do on the phone with her. Uh, let's see, where was the other phone call? Toba Suisa, three FaceTimes on this day. One hour, two minutes. The other one was 22 minutes. Um, these are both within the same time span. Like, at 11.57, I called her for 22 minutes. And then at 12.26, I called her again for an hour and two minutes. Also just crying the entire time. Let's see. Called her again. Oh, this was 16 minutes. Oh, but shortly right after this... 20 minute conversation also oh but also right after these two other conversations all featuring crying by shawnee here's another 42 minute conversation that i had on sunday with her crying 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 uh saturday 17 minutes fucking tears tears just non-stop tears all of the all of the tears oh friday how long did i cry for her on friday oh she didn't answer on friday god damn it tova where were you on friday oh yeah shabbat thursday an hour and 13 minutes full of crying that's great isn't that wonderful and then we have on uh, october 19th 33 minutes of crying that's great let's see what's this one 24 minutes of crying this was not on facetime this was just on mobile uh ha 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 yeah and now my call log is gone <laughs> so that's the end of that log but that's that's the truth that's the truth but i don't define my life by my bad moments i think that's also really important to note like I consider myself a very happy person because I define myself by all of the, by my life as a whole. It's an, we're, we're, we're a whole human. We are not just our bad and we are not just our good. And to me, crying is also not necessarily bad. I've always said this. If you guys know me from Saniac Podcast at all, then you would know that that was a huge thing of mine. Whenever people would shit on some of the challengers for crying on the show or whatever, I would always used to say like, if you can watch someone laughing, if laughing is allowed, which is, in my opinion, a bodily reaction to emotion, or if smiling is allowed, which is also just a bodily reaction to emotion, then crying is also the fucking allowed. And it's not always bad. Like there were so many of those conversations that I was on the phone with Tova and I was crying and I was like, why am I crying? I don't even know. I don't even understand. Why am I so emotional? What is happening? And it just ha it happens. It fucking happens, you know, and I don't, so I don't define it as bad. I don't define like being uh, upset or being sad or being down or feeling unmotivated or undisciplined or, um, or feeling shitty or insecure or unconfident or any of the emotions that I go through or feeling like I hate my body, which has been happening a lot lately and I keep getting fucking comments on it and I just want to kill people about it. Like I physically want to, this is the one reason I want to get good at jujitsu so I can go beat people up who keep commenting on shit. I just want to hurt them. 
the, I'm, the, I'm specifically talking about other training people. <laughs> I wouldn't go on the streets and hurt people. Although I might. <laughs> I fucking might. <laughs> if somebody pushes me a little bit too hard on my body these days, like, I will. I might. Because I've been really, like, feeling, I've been feeling a lot of feelings about it. But even though I have those moments, I just don't define my life by them. I don't think that it's bad to feel those things. I think that it's just really normal. I think that it's just a part of existence. And it's also what helps me get through those emotions so much more is knowing that it's not bad. It's not bad to feel down. It's not bad to feel shit. It's not bad to feel just to feel. It's just really not bad. It's really not. And even if it's like it categorized as a, a down feeling or a down emotion or a down whatever, like that doesn't necessarily mean that it is that you're a sad person or that you're this or whatever. You just are sad in that moment. Or you just are feeling like crying in that moment. Or you just do feel like crying. Damn, grammar is out the window. It's now 10.03 p.m. Grammar is gone at 10.03 p.m. There is no grammar at 10.03. There's nothing at 10.03. Not even coherence. Although, actually, I think this episode was really, really awesome. And it's been something that I've been wanting to talk about for so long. And it kind of ties into the self-confidence thing that I wanted to do a whole episode on. And, like, how how I can be so confident in this world of insanity and, you know, the truth is that even through my lack of confident moments or my insecure moments or my this or my that, I always know that I'm going to come out the other side. Like, sometimes I feel it for a minute. You ever get that? You look in the mirror and like, oh, my God, you're so ugly. And then you just turn in a different way. And you're like, damn, but wait, <laughs> there's more. You're actually hot. Like, that fluctuates so much in my head. It's so hard to reconcile how quickly it can fluctuate. It's like crazy. And the same thing with emotions and the same thing with this, that, and the other. So I think that's a part of it. Like confidence can't stem from your, your, your spurts of insecurity. It has to stem from your overall big picture. And like the overall big picture is that the overall big picture is that in general, I love myself. I absolutely adore myself. I can spend so much time with myself and I don't get annoyed. Eh, not all the time. Sometimes I really piss myself off, but for the most part, I spend so much time with myself and like I really love myself. And when there's times when like I start thinking, oh, but maybe they don't like me. Maybe they think I'm weird, which I'm sure a lot of people do because I am a little weird. That's totally fine. You know, or maybe they're like, oh, maybe they don't want to hang out with me. Maybe I always just remind myself like, but I really want to hang out with me. And like, that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome because a lot of people don't want to do that. I like to be really like. I like to be really like honest with myself about that kind of stuff, sort of self-aware and realistic about how hard other people have it and just appreciate the fact that like I'm, I'm doing this and comparing myself to like myself 10 years ago is such a good confidence boost. I think everybody should really do that because it's like now, yeah, okay, so I was depressed for five hours, bitch, five hours. I used to be depressed for like five months like two years, <laughs> like five hours. The fuck? That's amazing. <laughs> I'll take five hour depression any day of the week, you know, or like now with my weight gaining 20, 20 pounds or whatever since last year. It's like, okay, but I also still have like muscle on me and I still train. And even if it was only like eight times that month, I mean, you're mixing that in with some of the martial arts I do. Like I, that's like 12, 14, 15 workouts that month. That's solid. Hey, Shawnee, Shawnee 10 years ago, didn't even get out of bed. Shawnee 10 years ago lived in a building with a fucking gym. And the only thing she ever did in that gym was hook up with someone. <laughs> that's, that's it. She never worked out in that gym. She just fucked people. <laughs> Specifically two. <laughs> two really hot people. Uh, happens. 
happens, happens. So, you know, I, I love to look at just like the big picture of where I've come from, because I think that always really helps. Overall trajectory is important. And maybe, you know, that might not always work for everyone because some people like really have gone downhill per se and maybe they can't, you know, maybe they, they peaked in high school and it's actually hard to look back and things like that. And I feel bad. That really sucks. I don't know. I don't have advice for that, to be honest. I think just pick yourself up. Um, just know that it gets better. Just know that if you hit rock bottom, that's pretty lucky because that means that there's only up from there. I wish I had better advice for that, to be honest. But that like that to me would be hard. That's why that's why, you know, it's so it's it's so hard to uh, to do episodes like motivational episodes or episodes about advice and stuff like that, because I feel like sometimes when I get advice from people, it just doesn't fit. And I find I find it doesn't fit a lot, actually. Like there are a lot of times when someone's giving me advice, they're trying to make me feel better, this, that, and the other. And it just kind of doesn't fit. It doesn't fit with what I need. It wouldn't work for me at all. Like it's not a system that I could really implement. And so I don't like to necessarily go out and like give a ton of advice, especially on like podcast type episodes where I'm talking to the general public. I love answering specific questions from people, which is why like I'm happy to field questions from anybody in the audience. Anybody, anybody here? <laughs> knock, knock. Uh, and I also love giving advice like to friends. If they call me, I'm so always there for them. I'll talk through any problems. We can work things out. I don't always think like it's the best advice per se. It's advice that I would give to myself or, you know, if I know the person, if if they're my friend, like I know them well, if they're a sibling, I know them well, then it's kind of easier to talk to them because I understand them a little bit better. But yeah, I find it hard. I find it hard. I don't know how there's so many of these motivational speakers out there who have like that level of that level of uh what is the, even the word it's not audacity really because I mean I guess maybe confidence is the word but that that feeling that like what they're saying applies to so many I think some of the stuff I say applies to a lot and I hope it helps people for sure like through my own personal stories I can express things that I think will help but preaching per se if you will I find that hard to do because I don't know if it's going to hit right and also you know it can be so um insensitive at times like like uh you know I come from a different place I come from a different position you know I was really lucky financially to be born to the family that I was born into I am really lucky you know I'm complaining about living in my dad's house but like I have so much space here I have so much so much of my own room here and I you know I have a lot of freedom here and yeah I don't have my own car so I'm still sharing with him and that's really annoying but I fucking get to share a car with someone that's pretty cool some people don't even have that option so sometimes I kind of feel like it's a little um, tone deaf to give some advice to some people when I'm coming from a completely different position or a position that maybe they just can't relate to or that might be completely different to them. And um, and I don't really want to I don't want to be tone deaf. I don't want I don't want to make people feel like I don't want to make people feel like they hmm, what is the way that I want to word this? It's very difficult I know exactly what it is that I want to express internally, but I'm finding it hard to figure out the words to it. But I don't want to make people feel bad that they or make people feel as if they need to be um, like they can't accomplish it because they didn't they didn't they don't have the same situation as me or they can't um, get through a certain like, for example, like the depression stuff that I'm talking about now and holding the door open. Like some people go through even more severe mental health issues. And I know because I've been surrounded by so many people with severe mental health issues I've been had many attempts on my life throughout my existence from people who are in manic episodes and 
crazy ass schizophrenic episodes and shit like that. And it's, you know, so it's hard for me to, like, I don't want anyone to hear that and think, well, easy for you to say, Shawnee, because your depression is obviously easier because I can't do that at all. I can't even function. I can't even shower. I can't even open my eyes when I'm depressed. I can't even, you know, you're, you're answering emails. What are you crazy? Like, that's not the way that my depression works. And so I don't want anyone to feel like I'm saying it's that easy or that they should be able to do it as easily or or even that I think it's easy for myself, really. So I, I think that that's like something that I'm always really aware of. And why do I sound so nasally? My fucking congestion. Yeah, my little mini cry sessions throughout this episode have led to some congestion. Hold on, guys. <clears throat> do you guys want to hear me blow my nose? Is that like an ASMR thing that you guys enjoy? I think I'm going to not do that because that sounds really disgusting to me. But if you want to hear me blow my nose, DM me or leave it in a review on Apple iTunes. Whew. Yeah, that's better, isn't it? I think that's better. Uh, still congested. I don't know what's happening here. I do have a deviated septum. I will say it's fucked up. It's hard for me to breathe. Like you think this nose is big and so I'd have big ass airways and like it'd be all, you know, free flowing in there, but it's not. It's clogged a lot of the times and I'm a stomach sleeper too. So I'm always like, you know, choking on shit at night. Um, but yeah, I think this was a good episode. This feels like a natural ending. And I just want people to know that no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard it is, no matter what you've been through or how, um, no matter how glorified you feel like other people's lives are online, just know that everyone goes through shit. And even the happiest people also have times of sadness. And that, you know, I just <clears throat> want everyone to understand that, like, we always think things are better for other people than they actually are. And and I think that that's really, really important to note. And anytime I get into my head or if I'm watching Instagram stories or if I'm looking at the shit, I'm like, why is everyone so happy? Why are they always hanging out and doing all these fun things? Why is everyone so enjoying? Why is everyone like, oh my God, look at this perfect life? Like, nah, there's no way. There is no way. I think I do such a good job of coping with existence. Like if I feel this way, surely a lot of other people must feel even fucking shittier. Like it's just, I mean, you can't, you just can't. Like I literally was born and bred into the fucking therapeutic system of, of learning how to deal with your emotions and cope and have uh, uh, tools and mechanisms to be able to deal with things like from such a young age. So I'm 30 now, I've been doing that for this entire time. So anybody else my age, like they can't, like, I'm sorry, but no, there's just no way. And, and knowing that has always been really refreshing and for sure unfollowing people and muting people and blocking people that make me feel crap has also really significantly helped and they might not even do it on purpose but they just their content might just be like ugh, just making me feel not good you know the the way that serena makes me feel so amazing i i only want that for myself now like even today i went to go hang out with my friend arielle who i love so very much and she also kind of does that for me as well you know, I haven't known her as long as Serena, but she genuinely makes me feel like fantastic. And I love hanging out with people like that. I really do. And I stopped hanging out with people that make me feel like shit. You know, even people that like are good friends of mine in LA, if you will. Um, but don't make me feel great. Like I'm just done with that. I'm done with that. I'm 30 now, you guys. I am an adult. I am a fucking full-fledged 30 year old that still lives with their dad. And I am going to set some boundaries and not hang out with people that make me feel shit. And I'm gonna like prioritize it because life is already so hard. Like life is already so hard. It's exhausting. Life needs to chill out. I don't understand 
how it is so ramped up all the time, but I would, I would just love for life to chill at some point, but it's already so difficult that it's like adding on that extra layer of also exposing yourself to people or consistently exposing yourself to people who have not made you feel great or who leave you feeling worse. <sighs> we don't have time for that. We don't have time for that. Like literally there's not enough time. It's just impossible. So yeah, what a long episode completely not about Kanye. If you guys really want my thoughts on Kanye, let me know. <laughs> I can't believe I did all this. And I started this whole thing with a Kanye intro too. So if you got through this, that means that you know that I didn't talk about Kanye, but I wonder if like the intro talking about Kanye will turn people off from listening to the whole episode. I'm so curious. Damn. How are we going to ever find out? I'm not going to change the intro though, you guys, because I just want to post this as is. So that's what's going to happen. Thank you guys so much for listening. I appreciate it. I love you guys so much. Go leave me a review on Apple iTunes. Um, please drop any sort of Instagram handles in there you guys want me to shout out. Uh, please shoot me DMs at Shawnee Show. Uh, shoot me an email at podcast at shawneeshow.com. And just don't forget that this show was presented by Bet Online. <laughs> I'm supposed to say it's presented by Bet Online at the end of all my shows, and I completely forgot. I completely forgot. Oh, it says the ad read is to be in the first five minutes. All right, well, I did it in the first 10, bruh. That should be good enough, I think, right? Fuck, should I move it up? You think they won't pay me for this episode? I don't know. It's not like they give me too much anyways. It's based on download counts, but still. But still. But still. I got a good amount for Laura's episode, though. That shit went viral-ish. Just as I am Jew-ish. All right, I need to wrap up. I need to wrap up. I need to wrap up. This is done. It's over, right? It's done. We're done. Are we done? Are you guys done? I'm done. I'm done. Adios, amigos. Te amo. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.